I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is Jay Cicero, the president and CEO of the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation. On June 25th, he received the Dave Dixon Louisiana Sports Leadership Award presented by the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame at a ceremony in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Cicero has led the Sports Foundation for 25 years and helped the city attract and manage many major national sporting events, including several Super Bowls. These are estimated to have generated billions of dollars for the Louisiana and New Orleans economy. Jay Cicero, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rich. Happy to be on. So for the uninitiated, what do you do for a living? (laughs) You know, people say that, you know, we've heard of the Sports Foundation, but what do you do? And uh, (laughs) our uh, first response in general is that we we bid upon and we manage major sporting events on behalf of the economic development of the state of Louisiana and the city of New Orleans. And uh, and what does that mean? Uh, That means we we work with the owners of these events, whether that be the NFL, the NBA, uh, the NCAA, uh, uh, WWE for WrestleMania, uh, the AAU for the Junior Olympic Games or an AAU National Championship or any national governing body that owns a sporting event to figure out which events are available for bid. Uh, and then we do all this work behind the scenes with our partners uh, like New Orleans and Company and ASM who manages Superdome and the Arena and Champions Square, the Convention Center, uh, or a particular facility, it could be a high school facility, uh, to, to check availability. Uh, New Orleans and Company helps us with hotel rooms. Uh, and, and of course, hotel rooms are at a premium in New Orleans especially during some of the peak times that uh, we host uh, events. So, you know, it sounds easy, but it's not. How many rooms do we have in downtown? We have 30, over 35,000 rooms in the metropolitan area, uh, 22 or so or downtown within walking distance of the Superdome uh, and Convention Center in the French Quarter. So, uh, you know, that is quite an asset uh, and helps these groups save money on transportation. Uh, and and other uh, expenses. So for something like the Super Bowl, are literally all thirty five thousand basically taxed, or is it cut off lower than that? No, it's they they require us to contract for nineteen thousand of the uh, rooms, uh, preferably downtown, uh, nineteen thousand rooms over the three night minimum uh, for Super Bowl. But every hotel room uh, from here to Baton Rouge to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, is taken up over the time period with visitors and fans who want to come in uh, for the game. Wow, so somebody's staying in Biloxi because that's all they can get. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, you know, the, the, they could probably get a hotel room in, in New Orleans, uh, but the expense of it because of the high demand and the, um, um, the, the lack of availability during that time period because of the corporates who are traveling to New Orleans 
for the event that uh, they may find a, a little better bargain in Baton Rouge or Biloxi uh, if they if if that if they want that if they're not wanting to be in New Orleans the entire time uh, and they want to come just for the game or just for the just for some of the festivities then they can they can stay in the other uh, outlying areas easily. It's funny I just just came back uh, yesterday from. Omaha, where I, I, I was doing a job up there, unrelated to the College World Series, didn't realize the College World Series was happening at the same time. So we had that same same situation with hotel rooms, you know. It's it, Look, and Omaha does a fantastic job with that event. Um, you got to tip your hat to them, what they've done. They built a stadium specifically for the College World Series. Uh, they love it when LSU makes it because of all the people that travel and the uh, ensuing f- uh, food uh, uh, demonstrations and uh, the culture that uh, the LSU fans bring to Omaha. Uh, you know, they're, they're welcome any year uh, up there. Well, I tell you, there was, I heard plenty of hotty toddy at dinner on Sunday night. There was Ole Miss fans just wandering the city in, in a state of delight. And that's, look, that's what it's all about. It's a smaller scale than Super Bowl, but you know, that event takes place over a 10, two week period, a 10 day, two, yeah. two week period. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those people come and they spend a lot of money in Omaha and it, uh, it generates a lot of economic impact for them and, uh, media exposure that all the games are on on ESPN uh, and it's uh, it's incredible right and that's I know a big part of, of the events here in New Orleans it, it's marketing for the city and for the state it really is with Final Four the, the men's Final Four that we just uh, finished uh, th- three months ago there were 1800 members of the media that were credentialed uh, for that event and for Super Bowl it has it has risen up to over 8,000 uh, credentialed members of the media who were here all year, I mean, all, week, all year, all week uh, covering uh, New Orleans and Louisiana. And it's part of our mission to make sure that we put forth uh, New Orleans and Louisiana in the best light for these, uh, for the media covering. Right. Now, I think I cut you off with the question about hotels when you were describing the scope of what you do, but hopefully you've got enough of it in there. I wanted to ask though, uh, what happened before the, the Sports Foundation existed? Because it's only been around since, what, the early 90s? Yeah, we were formed in 1988. Uh, and uh, although there was a Super Bowl here in 1990 that had been bid upon and awarded before we were formed, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the leaders in the hospitality community uh, uh, at the CVB, which is now New Orleans a company, uh, and... Uh, some governmental leaders got together and would, would uh, you know, pitch the NFL uh, to come to New Orleans. And at that time, they were, there weren't many requirements except to throw a few parties and, and to uh, provide some hotel rooms. And in fact, I'm told that the, the NFL even uh, paid rent at the Superdome for some of those early Super Bowls. <laughs> Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. None of these events pay rent, uh, at the major events pay rent at the facilities, but it is a, um, it is, uh, amazing how far it's come and the competition that has driven, uh, the, uh, ability for these event owners to ask for more and get it. And of course, it's our job to keep New Orleans and Louisiana as competitive as possible and certainly our partnership with the city and state uh, and legislature has, um, has uh, proven to be very successful. 
Well, I know you can't tell too many stories in your role, but I'm wondering what do people ask for now? What what are the demands in 2020, let's say for the 2025 Super Bowl that you would have been unheard of back in the, you know, the good in the in the 70s, 80s, 90s? Well, there's there's what the bid specs require versus what they actually need uh, in New Orleans or another city. So the bid specs are general and they apply to any city. Uh, but, uh, you know, it may ask for 35,000 parking spots, right? So uh, I don't think we have 35,000 parking spots in, in downtown New Orleans. Uh, and they certainly don't need that here because we're a walking city. Now in Miami or Phoenix or Dallas, uh, Houston, they, they, they may need that. Uh, so uh, we have to substitute that with, okay, what do, you, what do you actually need based upon your previous history here and what you maybe uh, need uh, three or four or five years from now uh, based upon your future needs? And, uh, you know, it's not just parking for fans. It's parking for their vendors and for their contractors over the month period that leads up to the facility. Uh, you know, the Superdome has monthly parkers uh, that we try and keep in the facility as long as it poss- they possibly can until it, 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 that can't happen anymore. Security, the security zones and, uh, and, and parking needs in the facility for, uh, for, you know, maybe the NFL owners or others. It is a, uh, uh, so it, it's, it's having knowledge of, of the event and, and, and managing these events uh, previously really gives us an advantage when the new set of bid specs comes out to to be able to um, negotiate, so to speak, uh, for what's actually needed versus what may be written on paper. And uh, the NFL understands that from us because they've worked with us so many times uh, and we are, uh, you know, we've got a really good relationship with them that allows us to go back and forth and settle on something that is uh, mutually agreeable. So it's things like hotel rooms. Now it's things like parking. What else needs to happen for these events to be able to come? You have to pay for uh, rent at the convention center and obviously the Superdome. And uh, there are uh, uh, requirements for volunteers. Uh, We just finished Men's Funnel 4 with about 1,800 volunteers. Uh, The Super Bowl... uh, requires about 6,000 volunteers. So that's a major effort uh, overall. There's uh, minority women-owned business programs uh, and connecting the local uh, disadvantaged business community to, uh, to the business of the Super Bowl, the business of the NFL, the business of the host committee, which we serve as. Um, and by the way, the, the Sports Foundation and the New Orleans Saints serve as the leadership of the Super Bowl host committee. And, and then we bring in all of the other partners like New Orleans and Company, the New Orleans Tur- Tourism Cultural Fund, and other groups here uh, locally and regionally uh, to, uh, to help us pull off uh, and raise the money necessary to fulfill all the obligations in the bid and then operationally execute uh, everything like the volunteers as we just described. Let me ask you about the economics. You've told me before about the importance of fundraising to take care of all of the obligations. And then we know about the the economic impact these events have when everyone comes and eats at the restaurants, stays at the hotels and goes on the swamp tours. 
just talk me through the numbers. Uh, how much does it cost? How much do you have to raise for these different events? How much do we benefit ultimately? And then where does the money come from? How do you raise that money? Well, each event has its own different parameters of, of fundraising. Uh, the NCAA, for, exist, for example, does not allow any recognition of local corporate sponsors. Uh, so you either have to raise money through a gift or, uh, or a ticket package uh, or um, uh, government support uh, for an NCAA championship because there's just no other sources of revenue that's allowed, uh, that they allow you to raise. Uh, the NBA does kind of a hybrid of government support and some private corporation fundraising and recognition. It's limited when you do an NBA All-Star game. Uh, the Super Bowl is the leader in the in 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 the uh, in this area, where they allow you to raise private funds through uh, Super Bowl host committee sponsorships. So that's not a it's not a sponsor of the NFL, it's not a sponsor of the Super Bowl, but you're sponsoring the local effort to host the event, and so those can't be conflicting with NFL sponsors. So. Uh, fortunately, we have significant experience in doing this, but having done the Super Bowl for uh, three now, going on four times uh, with these under these parameters, but uh, you know that is a challenge uh, here in New Orleans when you consider who we compete against for these types of events uh, from Los Angeles uh, to uh, Dallas, Phoenix. Atlanta, Houston, Miami. Uh, these are major metropolitan areas uh, that have a significant amount of Fortune 500 or Fortune 1000 companies located right. in their metropolitan areas, right. and then even more in their in their entire states. Um, we often say we 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 punch above our our, our weight class, and when you would do the analysis of our competitors in the marketplace for Final Four, Super Bowls, WrestleManias, et cetera. We are the smallest market in the country when it comes to population. Uh, we're the smallest state or second smallest state uh, population-wise. And we ha absolutely have the least amount of Fortune 500 companies and Fortune 1000 companies in our state. So. State, yeah. yeah, that so when you compare that, it shows the importance of the support the two things the support of the state of Louisiana uh, in every major event that we do, and it shows the importance of the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation to have the resources and the capabilities and the staffing and the experience to keep the expenses as low as possible, and that's how we compete. Uh, but w between the state of Louisiana and the Sports Foundation, we're able to to uh, produce these events uh, at a less expensive rate than uh, any other city in the country uh, because we know what we're doing. We know where the potholes are, so to speak, and we know uh, uh, our our uh, uh, clients well enough to be able to, to negotiate something that works for us and works for them 
that may not cost uh, what it costs in another city. But do you still have to raise corporate money, private money, even though we don't have that Fortune 500 base? You do, and it's a local, regional uh, effort uh, for Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, local companies, local large companies realize the importance of Super Bowl to our community and what the opportunities that Super Bowl brings uh, to your community. And the fact that the NFL does allow you to, to have Super Bowl host committee sponsors with that recognition uh, associated with it, uh, that uh, has, has a, it's very powerful to uh, these sponsors. And um, so it's our job to kind of create these opportunities for these, uh, these uh, Super Bowl host committee sponsors that bring them value you know, plus tickets and hospitality, but brings them value that uh, they would not be able to receive otherwise. Yeah, where, where do those sponsor, I'm sorry, the host committee sponsors, where do those folks get exposure? Well, it depends. You know, last time we hosted the Super Bowl, uh, there were some major categories that we, uh, that we were uh, selling sponsorships and finding sponsors for. One was volunteers. The entire volunteer effort being sponsored. Uh, there is the community, all the community efforts uh, that go along with with the Super Bowl that was that was sponsored. There's a sustainability program that comes along with uh, uh, with a Super Bowl. That's a major category that can be sponsored. The effort towards uh, uh, disadvantaged businesses. Uh, being connected to uh, the NFL, the host committee, and their and the NFL sponsors to generate more local uh, business, uh, you know that's a sponsorable uh, area. And then you know anything that we can create that is uh, that is special uh, at, uh, that is solely for Super Bowl and hosting that week. Uh, or maybe in the years leading up to that that, that leads up to the Super Bowl date. Uh, that anything that we can create that gives value to a sponsor, we want to we want to be able to do that. Understood. Well, you mentioned Super Bowl, and I don't want to talk forever and ever, so I want to ask you a couple of things about the next one. And I know you've got other events that you're going to be handling too, but the 2025 Super Bowl obviously is is the big one. What's happening now to get ready for this event that's several years away? Well, we the, the fundraising effort and planning has started. Uh, the strategy associated with it. Uh, you know, who we're going to approach, uh, what are the fundraising needs uh, for the event. Uh, but, we, you know, the first uh, formal uh, thing that we've done is we put out an, a request for qualifications to local uh, uh, graphic designers or graphic design groups to create our Super Bowl host committee logo and the look uh, for, the, for the host committee. And uh, we wanted to give a local and regional uh, uh, groups and uh, a shot at, at doing this instead of going to a national group who may have provided it for other cities uh, in the past. We think that this is an opportunity for local businesses uh, to get involved or local talent uh, to be involved in uh, this effort uh, and uh, help us design the logo and the look and the feel uh, for the entire uh, uh, host committee. Uh, for the next two and a half years. Understood. So, so that type of thing is happening now. 
what else what else you got going on well we've got that uh, uh with the sports foundation itself is doing a our premier season ticket raffle uh oh, yeah. which you may or may have heard about uh it's the best deal in town a uh, hundred dollars a ticket uh gets you a shot at two season tickets for the saints the pelicans lsu football basketball baseball Tulane football basketball baseball uno basketball and baseball uh, the, the Zurich Classic, the New Orleans Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the LSU-Florida State kickoff game uh, here uh, over Labor Day weekend, uh, and the, even the NOLA Gold is involved in it uh, this year. So $100 a ticket. There'll be one winner. We're limited to 1,500 uh, tickets sold. That's a fundraiser for the Sports Foundation itself that helps us offset some of the costs associated with all this. In theory, that's raising money to help with the Super Bowl planning and everything else you do it with Super Bowl, New Orleans Bowl, every event that we do and it helps the administrative costs associated with this because we we basically donate our services for all for that uh, for these major events because we already have a staff, we already have an office, we already have computers, uh, we already uh, uh, have the infrastructure, uh, administrative infrastructure in place to host these events where other cities have to go recreate the wheel if they're not consistently hosting these major events. So a Dallas, for instance, has to go create a separate host committee. If they're awarded a Super Bowl, they have to go create a separate host committee, a separate staff, find an office space, computers, et cetera. For three or four years leading up to the event, they hire up to 30 people. And then three months after the event, those 30 people are looking for jobs. We move on to the next event. Uh, so there's an economy of scale that comes along with the New Orleans and the Sports Foundation that you don't get in other cities that helps us keep those expenses as low as possible. Is the thing that makes us stand out at this point, besides the legacy, is the fact that we have this, our facilities right in the middle of everything versus the model in most other places where the, the facility is going to be an hour outside of the city. Are we unique? Well, we are, we are unique when it comes to the traditional uh, historic host cities for Super Bowl and other, and other major events. Uh, we, it, it was, like, as you said, it was Los Angeles, New Orleans, and Miami in a rotation. Uh, and then you'd have a one-off here or there uh, in a Tampa uh, 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 in, in those time period in the early, in the early days. But, uh, I mean, when you talk about who has uh, stadiums to host? And I'm going to try to run through this list real quickly uh, now that they can host Atlanta, Dallas, Detroit, Houston, Indianapolis, Los Angeles, Las Vegas. We mentioned Miami, Minneapolis, uh, New York, New Jersey is hosted a Super Bowl in WrestleMania, Phoenix, uh, San Antonio hosts men's Final Four, but not Super Bowl. San Francisco's hosted. Uh, Super Bowl, WrestleMania, CFP National Championship uh, in San Jose. And Tampa uh, does everything but, uh, but a Final Four because they don't have a Dome Stadium. So, and now uh, Nashville, we've heard, is building an, a new uh, retractable roof or Dome Stadium uh, that's supposed to open in 2026. And that's a great town, and they'll be, they'll be, a, uh, they'll be a competitor from now on. There's, Mention of, of Denver potentially building a new facility uh, with uh, the, the changeover of ownership. I'm not sure if that's actually going to happen. 
Cleveland mentioned that they're thinking about a new stadium. I, I don't know if that'll ever happen either. And then Washington D.C. has has mentioned a new stadium too. So, you know, new stadiums when they in new NFL stadiums have been awarded uh, major events, and and we have to be very wary of what that comp competition is. Why are there certain cities that, despite ho having storied franchises, ha have never hosted? Well. Uh, a Green Bay would be difficult. A, a great city uh, for a, a great city for uh, uh, Super Bowl or something like that. But they don't have the hotel rooms, uh, convention center space, or or anything else uh, that's needed. And plus, the weather would be absolutely brutal in mid February uh, for Super Bowl. Um, uh, but they could host something like the uh, NFL Draft, uh, or they could host something. Uh, like the oh the draft actually has a, has grown significantly that might be difficult for them to do it but the combine or something like that they might be a good good city to host but um you know chicago has the same issues it's an outdoor stadium uh to be able to host a super bowl would be very difficult they don't have a dome stadium to host a final four i'm quite sure they've done a wrestlemania uh before but that's april also so it might be pretty cold still in april so uh, it just depends, you know, what location, uh, desire of a city uh, to, uh, to host events uh, and what their facilities uh, are, are geared towards uh, uh, more specifically uh, for uh, specific events. It's not just the facilities appropriateness or the weather. It's also does the, does the city have the infrastructure, the hotel rooms and the, and the meeting space to, to host all the ancillary events. That's right. I mean, exactly. And organizations like ours, when we started off, in 1988, there were eight sports commissions around the country. Now there's over 150. Mm. They all don't bid on the events that we bid on, but uh, the competition has grown significantly with the growth of sports, travel, and uh, facility, medium-sized facilities across the country. So you talk about what we may bid on for something at the arena. Well, everybody has an arena now. Uh, they're not all NBA arenas, but there's 30, you know, 30 NBA arenas around the country. And uh, you, you, uh, there's colleges that have arenas that are, are significant in their size and scope uh, and amenities. Uh, so uh, those are major competition for these medium sized events. Understood. And that explains why the frequency at which we host Super Bowls has decreased. That's right. If we could get if we could get back into a rotation, uh, which probably won't happen. But if we were able to and we were in a rotation for, you know, even six years, seven years, that would be a dramatic difference over the 10 years now that uh, it has been uh, since the since the uh, 1997 or 2002. So uh, it's a, um, uh, it is a challenge. The competition's fierce. And uh, you know, you gotta hand it to the state of Louisiana uh, uh, and our partners uh, like New Orleans and Company and New Orleans Tourism and Cultural Fund for stepping up and helping us remain competitive so we can get these events that are tailor-made to come to New Orleans. Right, understood. Okay, so look, I'm running out of time. Tell me how, how you feel about winning the, the Sports Leadership Award that goes to someone who, quote, 
played a decisive role as a sports leader administrator benefiting Louisiana and bringing credit to Louisiana on the national and international level. What does it mean to you to win that award? Well, to receive the, an award named after Dave Dixon, and for those of you out there that don't know who Dave Dixon was, he was the, he was the dreamer, a local businessman. He had a, he's, uh, they have an antiques store in the quarter, uh, Dixon and Dixon on Royal. And uh, the, uh, for him to dream up uh, the Saints, the name of the Saints, to dream up the Superdome uh, and convince state leaders to build a facility for was supposed to be less than 163 million, but it ended up being 163 million dollars, you know, 45, 50 years ago, uh, to even think about, okay, we're just not going to build a football facility, but we're going to build a multi-purpose facility that's going to host, at that time, basketball, baseball, football, soccer. Uh, uh, soccer was unheard of back then, but the host other events, conventions, um, uh, and concerts, to, to think that he had the vision for that 50 years ago is hard to imagine. Uh, to come up with the name The Saints for our NFL team, to convince the NFL uh, through force <laughs> and through sheer will uh, to award uh, New Orleans an NFL franchise uh, in 1966 for 1967 or so, uh, uh, to, to, to receive an, an award in his name is a huge, humbling honor. Um, and uh, he was a, he was a, I knew him, he was a great man, uh, and he was a force to be reckoned with. And he, uh, but he was, he was everybody's friend. And it was amazing, uh, his presence, uh, what a difference his presence would make at meetings or events. Um, and he just had a way about him that uh, was, that you don't find in too many places nowadays. And that, uh, uh, but so to be, to receive an award in his name and to be uh included amongst the inductees in the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame this past weekend in Natchitoches. It was a great weekend. Uh, it was a ton of fun. And to meet these athletes in person uh, and, write, and sports writers who were also honored, uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was quite a weekend. It was, it was very uh, satisfying to be included in that group. Well, Jay Cicero, you're very deserving, and thanks for spending the time talking about this with us today. Okay, Rich, I appreciate it, and thank you for everything you do for our organization. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media, at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biz talks.